Welcome to Thrive Church. We are so happy to have you here with us today. My name is Judah, and I'm the lead pastor here at Thrive, and we welcome you to all of our campuses, New Britain, Torrington, Terryville, online, on TV, on podcasts, wherever it is that you happen to be listening or tuning in. We are so glad to have you here with us, and we are concluding our 21-day fast here on February 5th, and, uh, and so for all of you who have participated, we are so excited for you. We are so happy that you took that step, and hopefully through that, it was an opportunity for you to grow closer to God. It was an opportunity for you to deny yourself of something in order to build some disciplines, and hopefully these disciplines, specifically reading God's Word and prayer and listening for His voice, will be things that will carry throughout the year. It doesn't have to just stop here. So we are in a series right now called Get a Grip. Get a Grip. And we're talking about things in our life that we need to get a grip on. Usually it's not a very good thing when somebody tells you to get a grip. It's because you're, you're, you're maybe a little out of control. Maybe you're a little emotional. Maybe you're going through something and somebody says, hey, you need to get a grip. And for us, we need to get a grip on certain things. And so we've been talking about things like, like priorities and worship and, and God's word and, and, and things like that, things that we need to get a grip on. And today we're going to be talking specifically about getting a grip on serving, serving. We, we love to be served, don't we? Don't, you guys like to be served? Okay, like you go out to eat, like don't you want to be served? Like some, some of you like to be, you don't like to be, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe you go somewhere, I don't go. I mean, but for the most part, we like to have, you know, good service, right? In fact, we tip good service, don't we? Like if somebody does an exceptional job serving me and they're being attentive and they're refilling the drinks and they're taking the order and everything comes out in a timely manner, then I'm likely to give them a good tip because they have served me well. And I'm just gonna get on a soapbox here for just a moment, okay? So just bear with me. It has nothing to do with God, so you're just gonna have to bear with me for a second. This tipping is out of control in our world right now. Like, it's, it's out of control. You go somewhere, you buy a coffee, I'm spending $5 for a coffee, and then you get the coffee, and you put it on there, and you want a tip for that. It's like, you just literally did what I asked you to do. I paid for the coffee, you handed it to me, and now you want a tip. I, I went through a drive-thru the other day, and they go through the drive-thru, and they're like, this pad has a little question for you. I'm like, really, what's the question? Oh, you know what the question is. 10%, 15%, 20%, like, like you handed it out the window. Like that's literally all you did. We, we go, go and get a car wash and it's like, well, we're, we're gonna dry your car off. I just paid for the car wash, but now I have to tip. You go and you get ice cream. They scoop, like I'm paying for the ice cream. Now I'm not against getting good service. So, you know, hold your angry emails and whatever. I already got enough of those from when I ripped the Bible a couple weeks ago. But, but it's like, like, you know, tipping was supposed to be for good service, not someone just saying, here you go, and barely making eye contact with me. Anyhow, enough of that. Off the soapbox, back onto what we're supposed to be talking about today. Sorry if I offended you. Um, anyhow, when Jesus came to this earth, he came for a very specific purpose. When, when, when Jesus came to this earth, though, people were expecting a Messiah, and they wanted a king. They wanted a new king of the Jews, someone who would rule the Jewish nation with power. They wanted a king. What is a king? A king is someone who has servants, right? They have servants. They have people that wait on them hand and foot. 
My wife and I just finished watching The Crown. If you've watched it, it's basically, you know, it's, it documents the, the monarchy in, in England up until almost current times. And, and so, so you see the queen and the family and all that's going on there and all of the, the servants that they have, the people that are taking care of all of their needs, preparing things for them, doing all of these menial tasks for them because that's what kings and queens do. They have servants right? And so, so when Jesus came, they were wanting a king, and instead of getting a king, they got a servant, someone who came and started to serve. They, they wanted someone who would come and, and defeat all their enemies, and now they got somebody that comes and tells them to serve their enemies. Like, that, that's not what we wanted. We wanted someone who was going to come and defeat them. Now, maybe in your own life, have you ever wanted a, a leadership position? You ever wanted a position of of power, like many of us want that. We want leadership positions. You want a position of power, a position of prestige, a, a position of prominence where people pay attention to you, right? Where, where, you're, where you're noted, where you're, you're paid well. This is the kind of things that a lot of people want. Well, in the Bible, we see two people, two of Jesus' closest followers, James and John, and they wanted a place of honor. And they came up to Jesus and they said, hey, Jesus, when you set up your kingdom, can one of us sit at the right side and one of us sit at the left side? Like, we want to be your right hand and your left hand man. Like, when you got your throne, like, we want to be right there next to you. Now, keep in mind, Jesus had 12 very close disciples, and these two are, like, pulling him aside. Like, hey, Jesus, before Peter gets to it, we just want to make sure we got our seats taken care of. I, I want to be first in line. Now, when the other disciples heard about this, man, they were ticked off. They were ticked, like, how dare you go and ask Jesus? Why, why were they so ticked off about it? You know why? Because they wanted that position. They're like, it should be me sitting next to Jesus. It should be me. They wanted the place of honor too. So Jesus gathers them all around, and this is what he says. Matthew 20, verse 25. It says, but Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. I'm sure we don't see that in politics these days, right? But here it says that, that the leaders, that they lord it over the people. They flaunt it. They, they look at everybody else as less than. It says the rulers, they lord it over people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. Like, this is not the kind of language that they were wanting to hear. They wanted to hear, yeah, uh, you're gonna be a governor, you're gonna be ruling, you're gonna be the captain of the army, you're gonna be someone of importance and someone of prominence. And here Jesus is saying, in my kingdom, it's gonna be different. If you wanna be a leader, you gotta start out by being a servant. If you wanna be first, you gotta be a slave. It says, for even the Son of Man, Jesus is referring to himself here, it says, even the Son of Man, the Messiah, Jesus came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I didn't come here to be waited on, hand and foot. I came to serve. In other words, we are to be servants, you know, no one climbs the corporate ladder to serve other people, not usually. Usually, we climb the corporate ladder because we want a better position. We wanna get paid more. We wanna have more people serving us. We want the corner office. We want, you know, all of these things. We want people being attentive to our needs. Nobody wants a promotion to the bottom. 
Nobody wants a promotion to do the worst job out there, right? They don't want that job. They want the best job, not the worst job. And yet this is what we see Jesus telling them and not only telling them, he's demonstrating. He has them together for the Last Supper and the very first thing that he does is he goes and he washes the feet of the disciples and they don't know what to make of this because this is a dirty job. They wouldn't even wanna do that. And here Jesus is taking the lowest job and encouraging them to do the same. Jesus says that we will be known as followers of him because of the love that we show. When people look at your life, do they see a loving person or do they see an angry, greedy, bitter, disturbed person? Do they see someone who is loving and generous and kind? See, Jesus said that, that his followers should be known by the love that they show. And, and this is that we should be known for the love that we show, not for the love that the other person deserves. Because honestly, a lot of the people in our life, well, maybe they're a little bit of a jerk and they don't deserve much love. And yet here it says that we are to be known by the love that we show to other people. We're to be known by showing the same kind of love that Jesus himself showed. In your notes, if you're taking them, serving people is a visible way of showing love. It's a visible way. When you serve somebody, this is a visible way. Like you can say, I love you all day long, but until you're willing to serve, until you're willing to, to demonstrate it, then it really doesn't mean much. See, it's about, it's about serving. Serving is a visible way to show someone love. See, talk is cheap, but it's all about the action. Are you willing to serve? You can say, you can say that you love somebody, but are you gonna help them move, right? Like that's how you know who your friends are. If they show up, when you're, hey, hey, you know, what are you doing on Saturday? Oh, not much. Oh, I, hey, I'm moving. Oh, well, you know what? I do have some, I gotta fold my socks, you know? It's like, that's how you know your, who your friends are when they'll help you move. How you know your, your friends are when, when they help you clean out the basement. How you know who your friends are when they help you hide the body, right? I, no, I shouldn't have. Maybe, maybe that's too far. See, this is how, how we know who our friends are if, if they're willing to actually put some action into what they're saying. Now, in the Bible, there was a, a woman, her name was Tabitha, and, uh, and she was talked about in the book of Acts, and, and she was always doing good things. She was looking for opportunities to serve people. She was helping people who were in need. She was, she was making clothes for people. She was doing all this stuff. The Bible says she was abounding. She was overflowing with good things. She was a woman of action. She saw a need and filled it. And, and the only thing that we really know about her was that she was willing to serve and then something happened and she died. And the people around her, they, they were just so devastated, so devastated, they called Peter, who was in a nearby town. And Peter came over, not really even knowing the situation, came over, and, and, and everybody's saying, like, she was such a valuable person. We loved her so much, and, and they're showing her clothes, showing off the clothes that she made. And Peter goes, and he prays for her, and she comes back to life again. It was miraculous. This wasn't something that she was even asking for. All we know is that she was willing to serve. There was no record of her words, but we see her works. We don't know anything that she said, but we know what she did. She was willing to serve people. Are we willing to be a servant? You know what often stands between us and serving? It's pride. Pride often stands, it often gets in the way. See, in your notes, pride says to serve me, while humility says to serve others. See, when we just wanna be served, 
It's all about me. That, that's pride speaking. But when I'm humble, when I can walk in humility, then I start saying, I want to serve you. I want to be kind to you. I want to be generous to you. And it's hard to serve when you're full of pride. See, true greatness is measured by our willingness to serve. Jesus tells a story. It's kind of an interesting story. It's about, uh, about the judgment day and God gathering everyone there. And he separates people as a farmer would separate sheep from the goats. And in this analogy, the sheep were like the, the good ones who followed him and the goats were, were the ones who weren't following him. And, and so God separates the, the sheep from the goats. And it says here in Matthew 25, verse 34, it says, the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. He's saying, you have received the reward. You are my sheep. You've done the things I've asked, and you are going to be rewarded. You're going to enter into this heavenly reward. And he goes on to say in verse 35, he says, for I was hungry and you fed me. And I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. And I was naked, and you gave me clothing. And I was sick, and you cared for me. And I was in prison, and you visited me. This is what the king is saying to them. He says, then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? When did we see you thirsty and give you something to drink, or, or, or a stranger, and show you hospitality, or, or when did we see you naked? Like, we would have certainly remembered that one. When did we see you naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and, and come to visit you? And the king will say, verse 40, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. When you've done it to, to the least person, the most insignificant, the most overlooked the most messed up, the most the, the person that, that everybody else wants to overlook and bypass and avoid. When you do it to them, it's the same as if you're doing it to me. Now, if you continue reading on here, he, he also then says basically the same thing to the people on the other side, saying, saying just the opposite, though. He says, I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me something to drink. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. And he goes, and they say, well, when didn't we do that? He says, when you didn't do it to the least of these. See, in other words, God is taking it personally when we serve. God takes it personally. In your notes, serving people really matters to God. It really matters when we serve. See, it's the evidence of our faith. It's, are you a person of faith? People will throw that around sometimes, saying, yes, I'm a, I'm a person of faith. I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. I, I, I have faith. I, I believe in God. I love God. I love the Bible. I read the Bible on occasion. I attend church occasionally. Yes, I'm a person of faith, but are you willing to serve? Are you willing to get involved? Are you willing to, to actually do some work? See, the Bible talks about faith and works. It's, it, it's, it's two Two separate things, but they work together in unity. Faith and works. Is your faith broken? Because for some of us, our faith is broken. Does our faith actually work? You know, the Bible says it's not enough for you just to have faith. Faith alone in this context is not enough. You don't believe me? Look what it says here in James 2.17. So, so you see, faith by itself isn't enough. This is written by James, the brother of Jesus. And he says, faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds, it is dead and useless. 
Does your faith produce good deeds? Or are the deeds, are, is our service all about ourselves? Are we just all focused on ourselves? Are we just serving ourselves, self-serving? Since faith isn't enough on its own, unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. Now, someone may argue, well, some people have faith and other people have good deeds. But I say this, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. See, the good deeds are the byproduct of living a life of faith. If you are living a life of faith, then by natural, uh, the, the, the natural progression is that you will begin to have good deeds. But if there are no good deeds in your life, if you're not living a life serving others, then I question whether or not your faith is even alive. Are we just taking our faith and sitting it on the shelf until next Sunday? Well, you know, I have faith, but it doesn't really change who I am. Still the same old me. I still do the same messed up stuff. It doesn't change who I am. It doesn't change how I talk. It doesn't change how I live my life. It doesn't change how I, how I serve. See, in your notes, a living faith is one that serves others. See, that's how you can tell if your faith is alive, if it's serving other people, if it's inspiring you to serve, to get involved, to live a life beyond your own self, serving other people. Is our faith working or do we have a broken faith? The Bible talks about a faith that is so powerful, it can move mountains. What does your faith move? Does it move you to help out, to get involved? Does it move you to share your faith? Does it move you to give generously? Or is it a broken faith? See, God wants your faith to work. Does our faith work in that way? Does our faith move us off of the couch? Does our faith change our life? Does it impact the world around us? Or is it a broken faith? Can other people see your faith by the things that you do? It says in scripture that we let our light shine before people so that they can see our good deeds and they can praise our Father in heaven. Does our life produce good things? Or is it just all bad? And if it is, then maybe the problem is that we're not actually living out our faith. Maybe our faith is broken. In your notes, we'll always find fulfillment in serving others. We always will. It's been said that the, the, the best way to get the things that you want in life is to help other people get the things that they want in life. Because when you're serving other people, and that brings fulfillment. And you've probably experienced this. If you've ever stopped to help someone on the side of the road, if you've ever done something to help someone, man, there is great fulfillment in helping someone who's in need. There's great fulfillment in lending a hand and getting involved. See, we have been saved so that we can serve. We've been gifted so that we can serve. We've been equipped so that we can serve. We've been inspired so that we can serve. We've been commissioned so that we can serve. We've been sent so that we can serve. It says in Ephesians chapter six, verse seven, it says, serve wholeheartedly, not just with half of your heart, not reluctantly, not complaining, not, not just grumbling the whole time. It says, serve wholeheartedly as if you are serving the Lord. The things that we do in life, when we serve somebody, are we doing it as if we're doing it to God? To serve wholeheartedly as if you're serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one, for whatever good they do, God is gonna reward you. He is the one who rewards and blesses us for serving other people. Some people, we, we sit on the fence, though. Sit on the fence, like, I don't know. I don't know if I can serve. Some of us, we do it because we're lazy. Some people serve, don't serve, not because they're not lazy, but I've heard this so many times. They say, well, I'm just not qualified. I'm not qualified. I don't know if you've ever felt that. Well, if you knew what my past was, 
if you knew what I've done, if you knew what was done to me, you would realize that I'm not qualified to serve. Okay, join the club. None of us are qualified, right? None of us are qualified. It's only the Holy Spirit working through us that allows us to be qualified. But, but they, they say, well, but, but who am I to serve? I don't know if you've ever heard of Pioneer 10 before. Pioneer 10 was an exploratory space probe, basically a satellite that was launched into space in 1972, and it went on a 21-month mission. The mission was simply to reach Jupiter. People said that it probably wasn't even possible because never had had a a satellite even gone past Mars before. It was going to go to Jupiter and photograph the planet and photograph the the moons around Jupiter. It was going to beam data back to the Earth about Jupiter's magnetic fields and radiation belts and atmospheres and all these things. And it was a bold plan, and scientists said it couldn't be done. No satellite had gone that far before, and very likely it would encounter an asteroid belt, which would destroy it. But it accomplished the mission. It made it to Jupiter, but but it did so much more than that. It went past Jupiter. In fact, it went a billion miles from the sun, and it reached Saturn. And then a while later, it went another uh, billion miles. Now it's two billion miles away from the sun, and it passed Uranus. And then it passed Neptune. And then four billion miles, it passed Pluto. And some of you are like, Pluto's not a planet. It was when I grew up. Like, okay, I got a bone to pick with NASA here. Okay, just because of the fact they say this planet doesn't have the ability to clear its own path, they say it can't be a planet. I mean, not only is it a planet, it's a Disney character, so they just need to back off of Pluto for just a little bit. It's my favorite planet growing up, and still is. I don't care what they say. Anyhow, regardless, it passes Pluto and keeps on going keeps on going. It traveled until the year 2003. This was a 21-month mission, and it actually continued traveling for uh, 30 years, 7.6 billion miles. The most remarkable thing about this is the radio transmitter, all the signals were sent on an 8-watt transmitter, which basically radiates about the same amount of power as a nightlight in your house does. It would take more than 10 hours for the radio signal to reach the earth. Engineers designed Pioneer 10 with a life expectancy of about three years, but it kept going and going and going and going. This tiny eight-watt transmitter radio accomplished more than anybody thought was possible. How does this relate to us? You know, some of us, we don't feel like we're, we're, we're cut out for that much. Sometimes we feel like, I, I, don't, I don't have much to offer. I don't have that much to offer. And God can use you far beyond what we think our ability is. See, in your notes, God created us to serve. That's why he made us. That's one of our purposes in life is that we can serve. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. Did you know that you're God's masterpiece? You're God's masterpiece. You're you're a work of art. Some of you are like, I knew it all along. Some of you are like, I don't know, this must be some abstract art, man. See, he says, you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? Why did he do it? Why did he create us? Why are we his masterpiece? Look what it says here. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. We're his masterpiece. He created us to do good things. 
God made you to serve him, to do something with your one and only life, do something that only you can do. NASA made this satellite to serve their needs, and God made us so that we can serve him. And when we offer our little eight-watt life to him, man, he can make it into more than we could ever imagine possible. He'll use the little that you have. Like, I don't have much to offer. It's like, that's okay. You don't need a lot. Like the, like the boy with a couple loaves and a couple fish, and he gave it to Jesus, and Jesus multiplied it. God can do a lot with your little when you give it all to him. When we're willing to serve, when we're willing to take that step, see, you were made to serve God. And yet, many of us spend more time focusing on serving ourselves. Serving ourselves. So self-serve, self-serving. Just gonna serve myself. Just gonna do what's good for me, myself, and I. Not interested in anybody else. I'm just gonna serve me. Let me tell you, we weren't made to sit in the stands. God didn't call us to be spectators. We're made for the field. We're made to get on the field and actually run some plays and actually throw the ball and catch the ball and tackle some people. We weren't made to live life in the stands. We're, we, we serve God by serving other people, by getting involved, and serving is a reflection of our love for God. Are your good deeds shining? Is it obvious? And the people that you come in contact with, is it obvious that you're a person who likes to serve, who likes to be used by God, who's willing to, to take the step when nobody else, are our good deeds shining? He says, let your light shine. Put, put it on a hill so everybody can see. Don't cover it. Is it visible? Can anybody see it? It's time for us to put our faith into gear. It's time for us to, to let it work and let God make a difference through us with our one and only life. We only have one opportunity to get this right. Can we take the step and allow God to use us in the way that only he can use us? Are we offering him our time, our resources, our skills, our talents, our abilities, are we offering these things to him? Or we say, you know what, this is just for me and my own enjoyment and my own progression and for my own popularity. Are we just craving everybody to pay attention to us? Or are we willing to use what God has given us to point people to him, to serve, to serve one another, to serve people in love? Because this is the best way that we can love and serve God is by loving and serving people because God takes it personally. Let's pray. God, we come to you now. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We ask you to use us. And sure, there's been times that we've been on the fence about getting involved and serving and doing things, but we invite you to use us now. Use us as you see fit for your honor, for your glory. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus as your Lord, don't let another day go by. He's calling you. He's inviting you into his family. The Bible says anyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Won't you call on him now? It says if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, and you speak with your mouth and say Jesus is your Lord, that he makes you part of his family. And if you believe that, won't you take that step now and say, Jesus, you are my Lord. God, we thank you 
for serving us. We thank you for sending Jesus, who was a servant, who came to serve us, who came not to be served, but to serve, and, and to set an example for us to serve others. Lord, let us be willing to serve. And Lord, I just ask you to raise up people, raise up men and women and children with a heart to serve you so that we can make an impact in our towns and in our state. Lord, we wanna see your name lifted high. We wanna see this region, which is the most, most unchurched region in the country, we wanna see it turn around for you and for your glory. And Lord, we wanna play a part in that. So use us as, we, as you see fit. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. Give us the gifts, the talents, the wisdom, the drive, the energy to accomplish the work that you have for us here on this earth. We thank you for how you've served us and now help us to serve you and serve others in return. In Jesus' name, amen.